Welcome to Movie Film Studios, the only podcast that takes you inside the mind of two film studio executives as we unravel and then re-ravel the best that Hollywood has to offer. I'm Isaac. And I'm AJ. And today we donned our Kubras and sat down in the Movie Film Studio Memorial Theatre for this, our Australian-themed episode, and watched the 2001 action comedy Crocodile Dundee in Los Angeles. Yow. That's a croc. That was, it sounded much more like a, a jungle cat, but I, you know, I don't actually really know what a croc sounds like. So, now we had a situation come up uh, before we get into the uh, box office report for this week. We had a situation come up whereby the Australian government said to us. Now we are obviously based in uh, in Hollywood, Los Angeles. Absolutely. Uh, the Australian government sent us a letter, um, and they said to us, "Look, you guys claim to be Australians." but you have not made a film in Australia for something like 30 years. Uh, And if you don't make a film soon, we're going to revoke your Australian citizenship. And I I don't know about you, Isaac, but I just was not going to have a bar of that. Oh, no, no, not with the significant tax breaks we get from uh, being oh, Australian citizens. Absolutely, it's so lucrative. So to that end, we went back home to, our, to the good old... Uh, <laughs> AES of U? Yep. Sure. <laughs> AU of S. AU of S. And we started hunting around for a film that we could make, something that we could do in our home country. To that end, we decided to purchase yet another studio. So I'm pleased to introduce to you Dave from the studio. Tell us, Dave, what studio we've bought. Hi, uh, my name is Dave, and I am the uh, chief executive, you could say, of the uh, Australian film studio known as uh, uh, Sydney Down Under Films. Sydney, Sydney Down Under films. films, now a part of the movie film studio umbrella. Yeah, S-Stuff for short. S-Stuff. <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, welcome the aboard. Stuff. Welcome aboard. Do you like Do you like the uh, Memorial Theatre? I do. It's lovely. It's a bit more, um, you know, fancy than what we have. Well, but, you know, no. it's, it's nice to get we, an upgrade. Thanks for having me on board. We, we've done well for ourselves, yeah. I think. Um, a green room too. I mean, really, we have sort of like a green oh, corridor. Oh, wait, wait till you get to the actual green room as well. Oh, right. told it's nice. <laughs> wait till you get there. But, but before we get on with all of that, I think it's time for box office box report. Office so, Isaac, last week we released the uh, road tripping film Trippin' with four asterisks on the end of it. Yes. How did we go? Uh, I assume good. Um, I haven't actually heard anything from our production team uh, since they were sucked into the portal to the other dimension. Oh, really? Um, they, I mean, the, the last report was uh, that, you know, to there was a whole bunch of time paradoxes which were going on with having concurrent storylines and we just made made it like it made it very difficult to shoot in our own uh, dimension uh-huh. uh, so we um, we used the um, the teleportation sting technology that we have yep. and uh, cut them off in the in-between dimension which we <laughs> felt was a, a much better place for them yep. um, to be shooting uh, four films concurrently on the very strict time budgets that we've uh, we've given them we gave them a week didn't we we gave them a week to essentially shoot uh, four films uh, <laughs> 600 times uh, so um, time works completely differently there yep. I assume that they're close to wrapping but yep. uh, again no communication from them um, if they can get back home then uh, then hopefully we'll mm, have a great film yeah. and um, we can just pray for the best really yeah maybe in that split second when we actually take the musical sting we can wave at them if we see yeah, them in there if we if I, I'm still not daring to open my eyes but, but maybe uh, I'll just wave anyway just wave just yeah, in case right. just, something, just in case something just, to, just to, as a pick me up for them yeah. just in case you know they are Stuck there forever. <laughs> okay. All right, brilliant. Well, I can't wait for the release of Trip and Four Asterix. 
Ah, so on to this week in trailers. So this week we sat down and watched a uh, a fantasy film from the producers of Harry Potter called yep. I Kill Giants, yes. I believe, based on a... Acclaimed graphic novel, if the trailer would yes. uh, have us believe. Yep. Apparently. Yep. Well. Not, haven't heard of it. <laughs> and again, one of those very, very nice to see from the producers who brought you the Harry Potter films. Yep. Uh, good to see that they're up to, to something and they can, you know, it's not just the Independence Day guys. They get their producer credit in uh, in trailers. So. Why should the writers and directors get all the credit? Exactly. Like, I know. So, hey, those know. producers, you know, apparently do some work, so they should get recognized. Well, we do. I mean, they do. that's part of what this podcast is all about, to really illustrate how important a Hollywood film executive is to the filmmaking process. As you, as you can see, we really are behind the whole kit and caboodle. It's really... The, the entire you, you would almost think it was a two-man operation the way it was run. Uh, well, I know. Just so involved in every aspect of it. I know. It's, but, it, it, you know, it's all credit where all credit's due. It's us at the top and then our 50 floors of lawyers. So like a Ponzi scheme? or Sure. But it's... Yeah. But, <laughs> <laughs> but, like, a, but like a film thing, yeah. I, yeah. I get what you're going for. Yeah, so yeah. the basic synopsis of the, the trailer is that there's a, a young outcast girl, mm-hmm. um, probably somewhere between 12 and 15. I'm not really sure of sure. the age. Uh, she wears uh, rabbit ears as like an uh, affectation. Mm. No one really likes her at school. She seems to have built built up this mythology in her head that there's giants who are going to attack the town mm. and she's the only line of defense and she sh- seems to have laid cables along the beach and hooked them up to electricity. There's an old yes. train yard in the forest where she goes exploring and um, Zoe Saldana, I think, who plays her teacher at school, thinks that you know this kid's a little bit mentally unstable and the things that she believes in aren't real and mm. then it comes to a head where she is potentially not mentally unstable and there are giants attacking her and there's yeah. a couple of CG shots of giants coming out of the sea. It's that mix of real world and fantasy and the, yeah. the make-believe of kids manifesting itself mm. in the real world kind of story. It does feel very Harry Potter-ish. It does um, actually, yeah. I noticed a fair few shots in that uh, trailer sort of looked exactly like um, a lot of the shots from the later Harry Potter films as well. So I suppose they're going for that kind of aesthetic. Well, that's the influence of the producers there. <laughs> <laughs> And I mean, really, I mean, they are using the um, cachet of being associated with Harry Potter to try and mm, yep. milk as much money out of this as possible. Because without that name in there, it's just another sort of yeah, t- yeah. Uh, young adult, young adult um, fantasy esque type film. Yeah. But I think it's that I think it's a thing that happens in a lot of kids' films or young adult films where there's always some kind of magical world that the adults don't believe in. Yeah, um, it's a place where they get up to adventures or they're the hero or something um, and they're always struggling to convince adults that it's actually real and this and that. So it must be sort of a a kid fantasy, I guess. I wouldn't know. I don't have kids. I never will. (laughs) And never was one. Um, (laughs) Yes, I I came out of the... born with a briefcase. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, yeah, I don't know. It looks... uh, I mean, it looks moderately entertaining it could be fun um some of the line readings in it though are a bit suspect and some of the script uh lines in it are pretty janky as well but hopefully they're not from the final cut they went well we've only filmed about a third of it so we've got to use some of the takes that we might yeah. not really use in the end or is is it a thing where film productions film stuff specifically for trailers and don't actually put it because rogue one was a big oh, absolutely. thing absolutely but rogue one underwent a whole bunch of reshoots which is why you know there's a whole yeah. bunch of shots in like oh there was a tie fighter in this scene in the yeah. trailer and it's just gone and <laughs> there's absolutely no point in where uh 
um, they're running along the beach with like a briefcase trying to escape from yeah, an yeah. AT-AT, which was like in the trailer. But yeah, um, no briefcase. Yeah, <laughs> I think is that something that we should get into. So we make a film and then we cut a trailer that has nothing to do with the film and then release the film. Well, at least that way you it won't spoil the movie. That's right. Yeah, you know, exactly. All the all the funny. Yeah, all the, the bits, in the all the stuff was in the trailer, yeah. You get to the movie and you go, oh, that was your best bit, I've already seen it. Exactly. Yeah. So I think that's a, that's a good point. We should, you know, write a film script and then write a trailer script <laughs> and just shoot them independently. Yeah. And uh, just because they happen to be called the same The same thing, film, yeah, uh, yeah. We just get people in the door. And I mean, again, has to be said, got to get your executive producers in there for the marketing <laughs> marketing purposes. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I think that's really all you need to do to get people through. For sure. Um, I can't wait for a film, one of our film trailers to say from the executive producer of and just have a massive list of all our films in there, including that uh, holiday special we made, which has the longest <laughs> name in the world in it. <laughs> yeah, under one roof in brackets and brackets and brackets. That's and brackets, a lot of brackets, yeah. yeah. Uh, what else did we watch this week? Um, there are a few other ones. The the one that uh, is most noteworthy is um, Dundee, the son of a legend returns yes. home. So there's a um, Danny McBride is in a couple of like little teaser shorts mm. about the, um, the potential sun? release of a reboot of the Crocodile yeah. Dundee franchise, and that's essentially what's uh, been part of the stimulus for us doing the Australia special mm-hmm. and watching specifically the third installment of the Crocodile Dundee film, Crocodile yes. Dundee in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. We won't really talk too much about those little teaser shorts because there's not much to them mm. um, for good reason. Uh, <laughs> so um, we might just skip over that and go uh, straight to our straight feature to film. to the feature film. Crocodile Dundee in Los Angeles. As Isaac mentioned, this is the third film in the uh, Crocodile Dundee franchise, which is currently dormant. Yes. Well, so it's the climax of the trilogy. Yes. Oh, yeah. So uh, Crocodile Dundee was 86, Crocodile Dundee yes. 2, uh, 88, yep. uh, pretty much based on the fact that Crocodile Dundee was a major international box office success yeah. and has been for a very long time one of the highest grossing Australian films uh, made, mm. uh, obviously followed up quickly with a sequel, which not as well received, but still did quite well financially. Yeah. Um, and then a short 13 <laughs> years later... <laughs> Uh, Paul Hogan's back, um, <laughs> reprising the role of Mick Dundee. Uh, um, looking, there's a, there's a, very, looking very leathery, I might yeah, add. So he was um, 60, I believe, yeah. there or thereabouts, when this film was shot. Mm. Uh, and it really begs the question, if it's taken this long to make the film, who is it for? Is it for Australian audiences who like wanted uh, to see this character back on screen again? Is it for the American audiences so we can play up the stereotypes that are sort of peddled in the, the first few films? Mm. Um, and, and having said that, there's really bad Australian stereotypes which are perpetuating views of a, like the way Australians live, which aren't accurate. There's yeah. really bad stereotypes of uh, Los Angeles and Hollywood, which yeah. is sort of... Um, really poorly conceived yep. uh, visions of what actually sort of goes on in that filmmaking uh, environment. Yep. So if it's not portraying either of those accurately, then oh, what's let's, the point? Let's not also forget the the, ho- the homophobia as well. That's oh yeah, sort of there's, there's um, uh, again homophobia. Yeah. There's uh, racial implications yep. that are, are less than um, politically correct. Yeah. There's uh, yeah, but the whole idea of it, and I suppose what they were trying to think of in terms of getting away with this kind of in the eighties, I suppose it was just one of those things. I was like, yeah, that's a funny thing. Let's make fun of that. In the early two thousands, it starts to feel a little bit um, anachronistic or, or archaic, actually. Yeah. Um, but I think the whole idea was just like, oh, it's fish out of water. They're like 
small town country bumpkins who really don't know anything about the world like there's uh bits in the film where they like a bunch of hollywood people ask uh paul hogan whether he knows mel gibson and he's like oh yeah mate i know mel gibson um and he's confusing it for some guy he yeah, knows called guy mal gibson Ma- malcolm gibson yeah he's like oh you know mal gibson i'm like Ugh. yeah and so the, yeah. yeah that that really is is a, a good entry point to the fact that this film is just a series of fish out of water sketches yeah it's how does a you know northern territory croc hunter um when they're going on a movie studio what's some funny things that can happen there mm. what if they use an extra on a film set and doesn't know what to do what if they accidentally walk into a gay bar and use the word poofta in a film which yeah. is just like really yeah in 2001 mm. um that just seems just insanely just homophobic what if he's walking along venice beach and you know yeah. uh, runs into some roller skating chick like it's so they they loosely try and tie all these things together with a, a plot which is um well we should probably do a, a oh, two yes. minute recap okay, before we, we, we go on that's true uh don't want to give it all away no um, it should be easy because the main plot like <laughs> occupies a fraction of the film yeah and the rest of it are just these fish out of water sketches so yep. All right, so I am actually going to give you a timer, like yes. we've been doing recently. Exactly. Just Cut me off for two it. minutes, irrespective of whether I've recapped the entire film or not. All right, brilliant. Okay, Isaac, two minutes on the clock, and your time starts now. So we open in the Northern Territory, where a 60-year-old Paul Hogan is playing uh, Mick Dundee, <laughs> uh, ch- trying to trap an enormous crocodile who's in a swimming hole there. Uh, he's failing. Uh, his wife gets a call that she's needed back in Los Angeles, so they uproot the family, which includes a, a nine-year-old, their nine-year-old son, Mikey uh, Dundee. Uh, they move to Los Angeles, and um, loosely, there's a, a plot there where the, the journalist that the wife works for was in- investigating a studio, and some sort of shady dealings were going on. Um, there's a bunch of really loose, random sketches, and then it turns out that um, they were partly filming a film in the uh in europe in um yugoslavia and some of the props they were using were stolen films from like world war ii or something like that art rembrandt's and and van gogh's and they were smuggling them into the country as film props uh mick dundee breaks into the studio and uncovers the scheme and they all live happily ever after great that's it um that's i mean and you say that that, that's supposedly a synopsis of the film yeah but that's like two kind of half reference scenes in the beginning mm. and then like the final climactic sequence and yeah. the rest of it is just uh what if the mikey dundee the nine-year-old kid's teacher had the hots for crocodile hunters mm. and we bring over uh crocodile dundee's mate and she has the hots for him mm. um yeah discount carry packer yeah just just like all these really weird sketches throughout the film and they they don't land what if this guy is like a has to go to a Hollywood party with mm. champagne and just wants to drink ice cold beer, but mm-hmm. everyone else is having martinis. Wouldn't that be funny? Yeah. And what if he's in a fancy house and is trying to operate the jacuzzi and it goes crazy? That'd yeah. be funny too. And all of these scenes is just like, um, they've, they've put uh, Paul Hogan in there and just said, try and be funny. And some of them haven't worked. And it's so <laughs> obvious when the, the, like the scene just like fades to black about 30 yeah, seconds yeah. in going, that really felt short. Obviously yep. they couldn't get quite enough humor out of that one mm. or other ones like the, the payoff line where they were going to cut away doesn't land, but then they just cut away anyway. Cause it's yep. like, there's nothing funnier after this point. So. Yeah. Or just, just that jacuzzi scene as well, which they just drop into the film for no reason. So it goes from like a daylight scene and then it's just nighttime and he's in the jacuzzi. He does his little thing. And then the scene goes back to daytime yeah. as if like another day has passed. And that scene's in there 
for no reason. The other one that's in there as well that I forgot is they see a skunk by the side of the road. Oh, yeah. And they pull up in the middle of traffic and then for some reason someone thinks they've seen a bomb. So the cops come in and they're like, oh, there's just a cat. Oh, no, wait, it's a skunk. And then he's all over the news. I'm like, is that, that's a little sketch in yeah. the middle of what I they do. I think I saw that sketch back in 1930. Yeah, <laughs> it's just, it's just, uh, it's just rubbish. The whole film is just insanely boring it, in yeah. a way where, like, it at no stage grabbed my attention and then failed to not keep it. <laughs> I mean, it's sorry, it succeeded in not ke- keeping my uh, attention the entire film. Yep. It's just I don't know. I, I just I don't know who it's for. It's not funny and it's not interesting. I agree. I found it quite boring. I think maybe it comes from a little bit from Paul Hogan's original. I originally came from a sketch comedy background yes. where he did like little self-contained scenes yeah, from like the late seventies. Yeah, and then again, there's like um, there's a mugging scene in there as well, which is like a little callback to the original film where he gets sort of mugged in New York. Mm. And I don't know, I just uh, there's no reason for this film to, to exist. exist. No, I don't know. There, like, there's there's some things in there. I'm like, this feels a little bit Lethal Weapon. This feels a little bit Beverly Hills, Hills Cop. Cop. Yeah. There's kind of like Lethal Weapon 4 where like, oh, in this time we really are too old for this shit. And yeah. yeah Got to yeah. make another one before we're too old to make And also let's, let's elevate the side characters to like prominent starring roles. There wasn't Lethal Weapon 4 when Joe Pesci was like all over the posters as well. If yeah, I, if he I, first appeared in the second one. That's right, yeah. The third one, they gave him more to do. Yeah, and, and then the fourth, fourth one, one like it was just like, I'm pretty sure like he was in front of Mel Gibson and Danny Glover <laughs> right. on the posters. Well, you have to stand in front of him because he's short. Yeah. True, stood behind true. him, you wouldn't be able to see him. But I mean, do you go to Lethal Weapon to see Joe Pesci? Uh, no. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like, you know, sometimes they go, we're going to continue the franchise, mm. but under someone else's name. So like uh, Die Hard... Five kind of did that a little bit. Jai uh, Courtney yeah, yeah, was supposed yeah. to be Bruce Willis's son. Yep. And I got the sense with that one that maybe they'd be going to do more diehards with Jai mm, Courtney yep. as the main role rather than Bruce Willis. Like they were trying to pass it off. The film was bad enough that I think the studio like, oh, yeah, might yeah. not actually do that. But like, you kind of feel as though that when they do these things, it's with the, the sort of like the little, we're going to keep the franchise going, yeah, yeah. but under under some like... Oh, kind of like how they cast Shia LaBeouf in that adventure film with that guy that wears a fedora and carries a whip and yeah. then they decided not to do that. Oh, is that the thing that we don't talk about? They, don't talk the, about, yeah. uh, they did try that with this movie though, because the kid is called Mikey. Yeah. And at the end, Crocodile Dundee and his wife actually get married so he would now be Mikey Dundee but that's apparently a big part of the film is that like oh why is my last name not Dundee it's like oh your mother and I never got married we are pretty much married and then there's a big sort of relationship uh, resolution where Mm. it's like it's about time we tied the knot and they have a, a wedding scene and they throw the bouquet backwards and the giant croc who lives (laughs) in the lake catches it I'm just like oh man that's as very very weird, but like that's supposed to be like a, a resolution to a character like character tension that was just never there in the film. It was mentioned yeah. twice. It's, yeah. it's like the actual main storyline about the the plot to steal the art. It's like there's like two scenes and there's a sequence at the oh, end. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. This like, one there's like they mentioned. Oh, why why am I in school under mum's name? Oh, it's yeah. because we're not technically married. Isaac's summary of the film was about as long as the film. Oh, absolutely. Like the scenes containing the plot of the film. It well. took fifteen years to write. Apparently. Oh, really? Oh, there's there's well, a good. There's a gap. <laughs> there's a good um thirty minute sequence where you just don't see the bad guy, like the the guy who's the head of the studio who's smuggling in these artworks. We're just sort of like we've just watched. 30 minutes of these five minute sketches <laughs> and little gags and at no point have they referenced the mm. the main plot of mm. the what well, initially the characters think it's a, a drug or ammunition smuggling ring yeah um and then it turns out that it's art smuggling instead but uh they just don't reference it they don't reference yeah. it for big chunks of the film and then sort of like bring it up 
occasionally when just like we're gonna have to have a re- resolution to this film but I at think, some stage i think the whole point of this film and i think to sort of summarize what this whole thing is about it's really like let's take a beloved character um who's a kind of a fish out of water character and just do that again uh, in a more modern very context vaguely slightly different setting it's exactly it's, it's los angeles but maybe that's what the audience wants it's kind of it is kind of interesting you mentioned that because one of our main reasons for the acquisition of Sydney Down Under Films is or stuff or did you call it S stuff? S stuff. S stuff. 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 It's, it's, it's sort of not a hard D. All right. Okay. Zdav. Um Is because um, of the uh, existing body of films that they they'd made back in the eighties. Mm. Um, we probably shouldn't discuss it in this setting because uh, no, definitely uh, not any any film ideas need to be done in the right That's location. Right. And I know that Paramount and Universal have definitely got spies around the place as well. That's true. That's, I mean, we've put a lot of money into um, soundproofing. Mm, mm. Um, that's that green room, and we've got some you know, bug la- sweeping. Yeah, we've got a fly screen. <laughs> <laughs> Last week, I hired out the elevator to some someone, and I didn't really veto it very well. I didn't really do a lot of background checks. I have a feeling it could have been Universal. Oh, really? Paramount. Yes. You guys have an elevator. Yeah, well, it's what we used to take. We up used to, the green to use room. it, and then, and and then, then we, we discovered just hired it out as an office, a, a moving office space. Yeah, that's with- right. Um, the view changes every day. Yes, yeah. multiple times. Um, all right. So, do you want to take us to the green room, AJ? I think I will take us all to the green room through the power of musical sting. And don't forget to wave. And we're in the green oh, room. Th- this is impressive. It did. It didn't just live up to the dreams. It sort of <sighs> surpassed them and then waved as it went by. How, how are you feeling, Dave? Because I'm, I feel like what I had for <laughs> lunch is now like I'm going to maybe try it again. Okay. I feel like I can taste what I ate for lunch tomorrow. Is that? <laughs> I feel like I can taste what Dave ate for lunch yesterday. <laughs> yeah, sorry about that. It was uh, you know tacos. <laughs> Well, that was sort of the day before. So. Oh, God. All right. So, um. Also, I, I could have also sworn that when I waved, something touched my oh, hand. Oh, really? And oh, it was simultaneously <laughs> wet and dry. I don't know how that's uh, possible. Yeah. It's the humidity. It is. But welcome to the green room. So, Dave, uh, as we mentioned, you have existing intellectual property, yes. which we've um, acquired your studio because we're planning on rebooting. That's right. Uh, yeah. Rebooting that uh, classic Australian film franchise mm. uh, from the 80s. Yeah. Do you want to give us a rundown of what uh, Sydney Down Under Film Studios what is? What we have? Is- is mainly known for, yeah. Mm. Oh, yes, I mean we haven't made anything for a good while, so it is mostly intellectual property management. That's right. We got you on. Things. We got you on the cheap as well as a result. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, I mean, our big ticket is the the series, the beloved series, sort of fish out of water series called Wombat Barnes. Wombat, of course. Wombat yeah. Barnes. Oh, I remember watching that back in the uh, in the eighties when I was yeah. a youngin, and just so we did, loving we did it. Three back then, and yeah. then it, you know we sort of had to sort of pull the, yeah, the yeah. belt in a bit and we yeah. couldn't really make any more. Oh, and it sort of lost its, you know, charm a bit. And, the uh, original Riot director sort of uh, left. Yeah. Who was the actor that played Wombat Barnes again? Um, oh. Uh, He's retired now. Yeah, yeah. Jeffrey Fennelback? Yes, yes, Fennelback. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sorry, Jeffrey. He's... It was a lovely guy, but there were some mm, creative mm, differences, and yeah. we just sort of never made that fourth one. Yeah, it's interesting the Fennelbacks as well. Um, they they've been in Australia for quite a long time. Yeah, he's Jeffrey Fennelback the third. The third, but, I mean, yeah. He doesn't use the three on screen because technically in Australia you don't use numbers. Yeah, and yeah, names. yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. I wonder how he's doing. Do you he- I mean, his his dad uh, played Jeff uh, too. Yeah. Uh, in the um in the um. 
TV series, the black and white TV series from the sixties. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. it's a legacy character. It, really. Exactly, and and you know the and then there was the, the little kid who used to pick the um, the waddle off the tree and use it mm. like a trumpet to, right. to call yeah, the wombats yeah, yeah. from yeah. the scrubland. Yeah, that's to, right. Uh, yeah. And the wombats would sort of come along and uh, and and help solve whatever mystery. Yeah. Again, we uh, the I think uh, Sydney Down at the Film Studios copped a bit of flack back then for um, uh, ripping off um, Lassie. Um, yep, and, and Skippy, and and Skippy, which, and, which and, and Flipper, and Flipper. And, yeah. um, there's lots of I, there, and that, it was that the sort animal of, craze. It was that exactly, was and that was that was great back in the 60s, and then in the 80s, obviously Wombat Barnes um, came along and, and put like that sort of darker, sort of more adult, tongue in cheek sort of mm. uh, twist to that sort of kid series. Yeah. Like, yeah. what would happen is if it was the next generation, yeah. and now we're re- rebooting that again. Yeah, so TV series to film. Uh, and again, we we talk about doing film. It could be any sort of mixed media it could um, be, yeah. uh, thing here. Well, you've got to be multi-platform these days. Exactly. Really? Mm. I mean, and yeah. obviously, of course, with the, the sad uh, passing of Jeff Three, we've actually you know in contract mm. negotiations with Jeff Four. Mm. Um, and I mean, she's not terribly happy that like you know her name's Jeff, and <laughs> she's got to keep that legacy going. Exactly. I mean, yeah. And I understand where her parents are coming from, and it's great that they've done that. So like you know, we can actually sort of bill it in the the credits. Mm. And, I think um, if you can have guys called Shannon and Stacy, you yep. can have, have girls girl called, called uh, Jeff Fennelback Four. Fourth, yeah, that's fine. It's all fair. Yeah. Okay, so this, it feels like the time is right. I mean, the character has been away from our screens and our eyeballs for, for a long time now. Yeah, there's a, there's a whole generation that doesn't know Wombat Barnes yeah, like, like yeah. we did, or even like our parents' generation That's did. That's right, yeah. Or our uh, grandparents' generation it's with the, the original of comic strip of yeah. Wombat Barnes so as well. So the important question we need to really ask ourselves before we go forth with production is, is this going to be a direct sequel to the last Wombat Barnes film, or is this a reboot? Are you talking sort of Mad Max style? Where That's you right, don't, yeah. Like, Mad Max sort of goes one, two, and three, and it's sort of linear. Mm. And then Mad Max Fury Road, you're like, where does this even fit? It doesn't yeah. quite fit into the existing universe. Different ar- actors playing the same characters mm. in a slightly different universe. We still called it Mad Max. I'd like to keep the universe sort of quite closed. Yeah. Like, you know, obviously, like the the, the original comic strip from the, the 20s and 30s that mm. was published in Australian papers um, had those very you know, uh, unique characters, which mm-hmm. then translated to the black and white uh, film series, which yep. then was in yep. the, the movie series. It all feels like it's part of the same Australian yep. Bush universe yeah. um, with that sort of, you know, slight um, uh, supernatural overtimes yeah, that yeah, they, they yeah. throw in occasionally, but mm. not all the time. I think we just sort of stick within that um, mm. and make it sort of a linear progression of those, um, yep, those yep. elements. I agree. I personally would really like Wombat Barnes and... I suppose her now, mm. her uh, range of wombat friends to take on very like I- issues of our time. All right, okay. Uh, so you know, dealing with computer hacking or dealing with cryptocurrency or dealing with. Ooh. Uh, I mean, she's basically an investigator of sorts, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, and that would be the great kind of fish out of water yeah. style film that you would want, wouldn't it? They, like, they they hinted at that a little bit in. Um, in Crocodile Dundee, Los Angeles, where he's like, he was sort of acting as a, a private detective. Mm. And at the end, he's like, oh, I think I'm going to be a PI. No, nah, just kidding. I'm not a croc hunter. Yeah. And so I like I like that. We can have um, Wombat Barnes as a, a, a PI, a, yeah. a private investigator, yeah. but sort of like with that cyber sort of spin. That's right. Yeah. Over the top of it. Yeah. Um, but I mean, it still has to be very Australian, right? Yeah. yeah so yeah, there has to be an Australian cryptocurrency that's, yeah. um, yep. that people are maybe sort of tampering with the market to mm-hmm. sort of artificially inflate or deflate the costs and yep. manipulating the stock market. And yep. she's yep. all over it. Yeah. And then they like, you can have scenes where uh, she has to send 
wombats in to infiltrate the server rooms as yeah, well. Absolutely. And I mean, then, that's, they're, they're incredible tunnelers. Yeah, yeah. And, um, yeah. They're just the right size for vents as well. That's right, exactly. yeah, 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 exactly. And, you know, um, Movie Film uh, Studios Workshop Digital can then do some nice digital wombats, oh, you know, typing and hacking much, on a computer. Much happier with practical wombats. Are we going to train wombats to hack? I mean, pra- I mean, the, you know, we could have some, you know, animatronic wombats. Oh, okay. Or- I think these days you really need to use a combination. Yeah. Obviously for the close-up hero shots, you use real animals. So so you're saying we it's, it's, there's a, th- a three-prong attack. It's we the use- element of... Um, you don't want to put the animals in danger. So mm. we, you have trained live wombats. Yeah. Yep. We have... Animatronic wombats, yep. and we have CG wombats. Yes, yeah. It's, it's, it, I actually like that the three prong attack, yep. uh, which I believe they used for Jurassic Park. They had the the live dinosaurs, the animatronic right, dinosaurs, yes. and the um, yes. the the CG dinosaurs. Yep. Uh, which you know that stands the test of time. It does, yeah. yeah. It's proven. All right, so so while uh, we have uh, wombat barns trying to get to the bottom of a nefarious group of <laughs> Australian mafiosos manipulating yep. your day coin. <laughs> um sure uh and just like because you know if, if they can they can control the pricing of that then yep. it's uh they can that's it they run the world exactly right? i think in this universe like australia really is the center of the universe or oh, the center of the world again, you know how again, like, like mad max we just don't yeah. reference that there is anywhere oh, okay else. yeah like, exactly yeah. yeah and like those films like they don't directly reference the films that have come before, but they don't discount them either. No, no, we'll, we'll, we'll chuck in some uh, Easter eggs. And, yeah, if, and if, if you've seen them, you'll get, oh, that, that that's from that. But yeah. if you haven't seen them, it still makes logical sense. That's right, yeah. Just to, you know, to, to, to appease the fans. I mean, like, mm. the, we've got generations of fans of this beloved property that we need to satisfy. So we can't, you know, chuck everything out and, no. and start again. We really do have to keep them on board and... and it's the same way that, um, you know, you slap Jumanji on the name of a film and exactly. people go and see it because it's a beloved property. And because there's been this gap of, you know, God, 20, 27 years or whatever it is now at least, we have to sort of remind them of, hey, these are the mm. elements of the thing. Yep. Not everybody's going to remember. Yeah. So what this film needs is a primary antagonist. We need a, we need a, a very evil head honcho kind of character who is manipulative and who is really the... Um, the machination of all these cryptocurrency. Mm. Uh, yeah, so you know. someone like the Winklevoss tr- twins. Exactly. In fact, let's sort of social media entrepreneurs. I mean, this type time thing. they're triplets. Right? I, yes, exactly. I really mm. love that you said that because that's exactly what I was thinking. We need to have an, an identical triplet. Yeah. Uh, villain. Um, now, do we need to look for actual triplets? I think you know what we do is. We get a live-action triplet. Yep. We get a practical animatronic triplet, <laughs> yes. and we get a CG animated, a CG tri- animated triplet. triplet. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah. Okay, um, can one of them have a mustache? No, all of them have have to have a mustache. Yeah, exactly. They're identical. Identical twins. They, identical triplets. They, they all You're look not born with the mustache, surely. Well, I no, mean, I just assumed that some fashion sort of agreement that yeah, if exactly. one grows, they all have to grow it, yeah, so yeah, they yeah. remain identical. One shaves it off. If one of them loses a finger, the other has to cut off the finger. So yeah, the other two. Yeah, the other two have to cut off their fingers. Yeah. So mm. it's almost like prestige, like two, where it's just like, yeah, <laughs> that's right. Yeah, but oh, two, prestige two, the squeakle. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, they're the um, uh, what's what's their the their anti- surname? Uh, they are. 
Van Buren boys. Van, Van Buren boys, <laughs> the Van Buren boy triplets. Who are, I mean, everyone just knows them as being the social media geniuses, mm. creators of G'day Coin, yeah, um, uh, and all those sort of social media platforms. Yes, uh, but like little little people know that they're they're data mining uh, everyone's profiles. Yeah, they're yeah, yeah targeting ads to mm. sort of like get people to to buy into this micro economy that they're um. They're trying to sort of build up and artificially like inflate, mm. um, and and they're planning on um, destroying it and uh, and taking everyone with them, but taking all their money. But they have got a weakness, do they? Well, as one of the triplets is having second thoughts. Ooh. Oh, yeah, oh, so I like the that. other two brothers. You know, peer pressuring like into a, continuing, it's, and yeah. it's actually the, there's, the, there's, the there's, second there's, twin that's having second thoughts. But see, I. Yeah. <laughs> Triplets. See, I love the triplets, idea of this yeah. as well, triplet. because maybe that twin or that, uh, what do you call one of a triplet? Yeah, that tr- triple? Person? That, that person. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for keeping us uh, in uh, that, politically correct territory. So person singular. <laughs> that person. That individual. That individual mm. um, gets in contact with Wombat Barnes uh, and, and tells her... That's like this is what's happening. I think that, that, like a no, deep she, throat situation. So yeah, yeah. The, the mystery is she's been getting these um, anonymous communiques throughout the film, and yes. she's not sure who it's coming from. And yep. the big twist at the end is it's the second triplet. Yeah, um, or, the animatronic, the animatronic twit triplet. Or it's is like it the third man? But no, it's the second. Triplet. No, but or is it? Is it a double bluff? Si- or is it a triple bluff situation? I say, oh, well, it has to be a no, no, hang bluff on, because there's triplets. Yeah. Exactly. So the the first one's just evil. Yep. The second one is like a double agent, and the yep. third one's a triple agent. <laughs> and she's been getting secret communiques, thinking it's from one person. Yep. It's actually from two people. Yeah. But every other communique. So the first communique is from someone who is legitimately a double agent, yep. and then every second communique is from the third triplet, who's a triple <laughs> agent. And she can only figure it out if she knows to ignore every other communication. Yes. Yes. Because uh, she's getting. And you know, signals. I'm sorry, I'm going to blow your minds here. The identity of the third triplet is Wombat Barnes herself. What? Yeah. What? So what a twist. No, 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 I, no. Not Wombat Barnes herself. Wombat Barnes himself. himself. Yeah. It's actually Jeff. Jeff, um, Jeff three. Jeff, Jeff three. three. Yeah. We've yeah. brought him back. And, and and they they were they were like the Van Buren boys were actually only ever born. As, As twins, twins yeah. Uh, Jeff three has infiltrated and pretended <laughs> to be a third triplet, triplet the entire time. Wow, yeah. that's sleeper triplet. <laughs> so in my head, like, there's a fourth prong attack uh, to the to the wombat, which yeah. is a cartoon animation sort of Blinky yeah. Bill style. So Blinky Bill being a a, a comic book character mm, who mm. was adapted into like an animated series. Yeah. Um. So I like to have that hyper realistic CG. Um, animation, mm. and then also have some parts which are just like <laughs> cell-drawn, hand-drawn wombats as well. Yeah, for sure. Would you use that as like a dream sequence, or just sort of the film just randomly goes into that? Yeah, sort of Roger Rabbit style. Okay. Like yeah. Yeah. They go through a door and suddenly... Oh, but it's... what we should also do is spin off the film into an animated series as well. Oh, so absolutely. you know a lot, a lot of films back in the, the late 90s. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The late 90s used to do this. So I believe like Ghostbusters had an animated series. It did. It yeah. had a few of them, actually. Jumanji had one as well, did, where yeah. they kind of retconned the, yes, I remember the stories of the first film and just said, well, we're going to do it a bit differently, but it's still going to have all the we same characters it in it. out over 84 episodes. That's right, yeah. So I feel like we can also do that. I mean, one of the biggest selling factors for Netflix, I find, is the fact that it's full of kids' animated TV mm. shows and parents can just plonk themselves, plonk their kids down in front of a, um, a subscription service and say, all right, here's, here's what you've got, like... Uh, so Puss in Boots has its own animated series as mm. like just a side character spinning off. There's no reason we can't spin off 
not Wombat Barnes herself, but, but the Wombat, 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 Wombat yeah. Barnes yeah. has adventures, and it's just the adventures of uh, the Wombat from Wombat Yeah, Barnes. and then, like, at the end of every episode, that Wombat then goes back to headquarters and talks to Wombat Barnes, and there's a kind of nice little wrap-up yeah, exactly. scene, and then that's it. You don't need to see... Wombat Barnes, but we'll still call it the Adventures of Wombat Barnes. But, it's, but that's because the Wombat's name no, is Wombat. No, no, it's, it's, it's the, the Adventures Barnes. of Wombat, the Wombat from Wombat Barnes. <laughs> yes, um, is what we'll call it because yeah. The, yeah, as you're saying, there's the female detective and her her name's uh, uh, Jeff uh, Barnes, but people call her Wombat Barnes because of her association with the Wombats. That's right. Yeah. But yeah. the Wombats are called Wombats. Because, Which is, yeah. yeah, so you have to clarify it by saying the adventures of Wombat <laughs> yes. and Wombat from Wombat. They, they have special Wombat names, but they don't translate into... Yeah, exactly. No, no, no one can pronounce them properly. It's a series of Do we get other Australian animals in the mix, or is it specifically Wombats? Because, I mean, again, you... Well, I feel like the, the triplet should have, uh, like, a, an animal antagonist. You know how, again... Mm. So, so, like, Dr. Evil has... Not Dr. Evil. Mr. Dr. Claw from <laughs> Inspector Gadget has... Well, well Dr. Evil does And Dr. Have Evil Mr. actually Big, does, Bigglesworth, yeah. yeah. Uh, but I was thinking of Dr. Claw from Inspector Gadget has that white cat. I mean, and, and Dr. No. I also uh, Blofeld from, Blofeld uh, from Bond yep. and... Uh, I'm sure there's, there's so a bunch of other ones. what's the Australian equivalent, native equivalent of a cat? Cat. I mean, we could just go... The Sydney Olympic Games had the three mascots of Sid, <laughs> Millie and Ollie, which is like an, uh, a platypus and a echidna and... Uh, can we get the rights to them and actually exactly. use them? Exactly. Yeah. So the the Van Buren boys um, each have, have each. one of the one Olympic of the mascots. Olympic yeah. mascots. Well, that, that makes sense because they're they're entrepreneurs, right? Exactly. So they've, they've they've developed this cryptocurrency. They're sort of on top of the world, um, and so they've bought the rights to I think it was like Ollie, Millie, and Sid Ollie and Millie. Sid Ollie Millie, yeah. Uh, which was an echidna, a platypus, platypus and a bird, was a kookaburra. I honestly don't remember. That sounds about right. And there's right. a frill-neck lizard, I think, may have been the Paralympic, the Paralympic Games. Paralympics, yeah. And Fatso, the fat-ass wombat, was the unofficial one for the Olympics. Out of, yeah. Unofficial. So, yeah. so each of them get one of those as an animal, and then we bring them back as CGI, but they need to look like the Olympic mascots as well. I think it's Kookaburra, yeah. So they won't look like real animals. They'll look like the actual cartoon Olympic mascots, but done in full CG. Right. Because they, they're, they're actually Sort of what, like, you mean like Yogi Bear style? Yeah, where yeah, they do a, yeah. The live action film and try and make a bear, a cartoon character kind of look like a real bear, yeah. but also have enough elements of its yep. cartoon. Yep. Uh, interesting. So it's like pseudo-realistic, pseudo-cartoon. Are they, in, in fiction, are they genetically engineered <laughs> animals to... In, in in Olympic fiction or no, no, no. in our so fiction? In, in our trained. fiction. They're have, have trained the, a lot. They're Olympians. Have the Van Buren boys generically oh, ge- engineered the animals so that they are like genetically I think different so. from the I, regular I, ones? Yeah, I would like them to be sort of like augmented, terminated style with sort yeah. of like metal appendages in various places and sort of like, the, you know, the classic... Can they be liquid metal? Liquid metal, yep, sure. So liquid blood inside. They've got those like, mm. you know, those old 90s like visors that go down over one eye and they're yeah. red with a targeting reticule on it. I don't know what they do with them, but they've just all been That's how they aim modified. as Olympic athletes. That's right, yeah. yeah. It's like archery. You need that red eye thing. That's right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. So they've all been augmented. The Van Buren boys have... They've got the money. They've got the money, yeah. They, they do. All right, uh, let's talk casting. Casting, yes. We have, I mean, four roles to cast, essentially. We yes. have uh, Jeff Barnes, or Wombat Barnes. Uh, uh, who well, we know, we've got who, Jeff yeah, Fourth. Yeah, she's yeah. Uh, she's being played by um, uh, Jeff the Fourth. We have, uh, so the three Van Buren boys. Yes. Which we really only need to cast we one. We only need to cast one, yeah. And then we can do like a latex mold of face of uh, of one of them. Yep, and then, and then we'll the other do a digital are, scan of them as well yeah, for the CGI. Yeah, exactly. Um, 
Well, unless we want... Well, I think actually what we should do for the CGI version of that character is get Andy Serkis to do the motion capture. Of course. I mean, who yeah. else would you get? Yeah, exactly. Um, but we still need to... And I think we should really keep it an Australian cast. We don't exactly. really want to do go down the Crocodile Dundee route and cast like, I don't know, 15% Australian actors and then the rest is just American extras. Um, I want this to be 100% Australian. Especially if we're going to maintain those tax breaks. Exactly, yeah. So we put we, all your Australian cars Now that you mentioned that, Dave, <laughs> we actually can't get Andy Circus because we won't get the tax breaks. You're right. If Gosh. there's any... Uh, but he did spend a lot of time in New Zealand. He did. It's kind of near Australia. It's quite, it's it's kind it's, of Australia. It doesn't... There's no legal loophole. No. Uh, uh, I was going to say, because I'd really like to get Reese Darby in a role that's not just wacky side character. Yeah. Um, but he is a New Zealand actor, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. So who's who's the Australian version of Andy <laughs> well, Serkis? What age are the are the brothers? Ah, uh, you know, doesn't matter. I'd say probably Liam Hemsworth age. Oh, yeah, young. Well, there you are three young? Hemsworth brothers. Can we pretend they're identical? <laughs> well, we only need one. We only need one. Like, only unless, need one. unless, but maybe that's the gag. I mean, like, yeah, so, the so same as like they Chris don't, Hemsworth they is do. playing an anim- animatronic version of Liam Hemsworth, <laughs> and the older brother is. Bob Hemsworth, I don't know his name. <laughs> is uh, doing the motion capture. He's doing the motion capture yeah. for the CG version of Liam Hemsworth. <laughs> okay. Um, I think you got um, Chris, Liam, and Doug. Uh, Doug? Yeah. Uh, we, there's definitely a younger brother. There's someone we, in there. Yeah, we put in one of totally our other films. Forgotten. But this is the guy from Westworld who... Yep. Yeah, that one. Yeah. Doug. Dave? It actually... Is it Dave? Who knows? So, so, I, I also think maybe... Because I'm not sure which of those two Hemsworth brothers we should actually go with. Maybe we should just get them to fight for it. Oh, I, I think Liam, in my mind at least, is, you is want like, Liam? yeah, he, he's a bit more Winklevoss than Chris. Okay. Um, I hope Chris is okay with playing a CGI version of Liam. No, 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 Chris is playing it. the animatronic one. Oh, okay. Yeah, and yeah. the and the older brother. The other older brother's uh, playing the yeah, CGI version? Yeah, okay. otherwise digitally smoothing his face is going to be... Uh, yeah. What about the animals? I mean, they all need voice casts. Oh, yeah, they? that's true. I forgot that Wombat, the Wombat from Wombat, uh, <laughs> Barnes, uh, can speak. <laughs> Uh, in in very Beverly Hills Chihuahua style, <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, we can get uh, uh, Sam Neill or Russell Crowe. Sam, if neither of those are Sam Neill's oh, Australian. Both Australian. I know. Yeah, Sam Neill's New Zealander as yeah, well. I believe semi naturalized. Russell yeah, Crowe. I think a Russell Crowe was born in New Zealand. Zealand yeah. 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 Is, is so, technically yeah. Australian. Are there Zealand? actually any Australian actors that aren't Kate Blanchett I mean, and Hugo Hugh Jackman? Weaving. Hugo Weaving. Hugo no, Weaving uh, is New Zealand as well. No, he's not. No, I'm I'm almost certain he was not. Native Australian. Yeah, I, okay, so Hugo Weaving, according to my research, <laughs> uh, not born in New Zealand, was actually born in Nigeria and is a British Australian actor. British Australian. Does that so count? Is that I don't, good enough? We'll have to get the lawyers involved. Yeah. Whether they, like, there's a, 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 he's, he's a hyphenate. Isn't exactly. He's a I think there was a whole bunch of um, trouble earlier last year where politicians who had dual citizenship That's had right, to yeah. resign because technically um, they're not allowed to hold position if they have citizenship yeah. with another country I think it's probably the same if we want the tax break for making this film mm. right. is that they have to be born in Australia, in Australia I've yeah. got an idea for you Sean McAuliffe oh yeah he's got a nice kind of sonorous voice I'm he not, has uh, does he have enough international absolutely sway absolutely he has <laughs> zero international <laughs> but it's, it's a voice only and we've also got the character of the uh, the, the, the tech sidekick that we yeah, have I know, I know it is voice only but we're not Pixar we don't we don't yeah. cast like 
actors that actually sound right for the role. We need to cast celebrities that people know that we can put on a poster. Like a Sam Worthington. That's right. Yes, yeah, Sam Worthington. Sam Worthington. His voice isn't distinctive enough. What Ryan Quanton from True Blood? <laughs> could, uh, just a, who's? Yeah, I don't think he's got a distinctive voice. Either. He doesn't either. No, 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 no Australian no Australia. voice is, no. is really good well, enough. We're so used to them doing American accents. <laughs> I mean, we could just go for our old mate Hugh. I mean, he lives around here too, doesn't he? Oh, I think he's got a house here and there. Somewhere. Hugh Jackman. Oh, oh, yeah, Hugo. Yeah. He's been in enough of our films. That, like, right, his, yeah. his, his, oh, he's a name. He does sell. He does his, put his, on his punch card should like probably, there's, like, there's you've been two, in t- nine of our films, you've been uh, in the 10th one for free sort this, of thing. So. What about the guy from Wolf Creek? The, um, John Jarrett. John Jarrett. Does he have enough international... No, probably I mean, not. No, he doesn't, does he? I mean, you could, God damn it, Australia. Are, this is why we don't make Oscar films nominees, here. Oscar nominees. Or Kate Blanchett. Yeah. We've cast um, her in Jackie something. Weaver? Jackie Weaver. She's yeah. a good one. I mean, she does. She likes to do those like really intense dramas. I would really love her to do like a really fun wombat character. Or she could be one of the Olympic mascots. That's right. We didn't voice cast the, the uh, Olympic mascots. No. Either. No. We've got four characters to voice. Yes, them. and uh, just any one of the people we've mentioned so far. <laughs> just any of them. So we'll yeah. get Sam Worthington, we'll get Hugh Jackman, we'll get yep. Jackie Weaver, and we'll get uh, uh, Ryan Quantz. Ryan Quantz. <laughs> there you go. Sure. You've got the, the, four, the four voices there. <laughs> there exactly. Brilliant. Uh, now. We need to do the, uh, the sidekick to Wombat. Uh, Wombat. The Wombat itself. The one who sits back and does a lot of tech stuff via the. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. Sure. Um, she, Wombat is the, she's the action person. You need somebody to do the. Be on need, the phone to the do, actual... do exposition with, you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, I assumed that maybe a Wombat would do that. I don't know. If the Wombat's in, like, the vents and Wombat herself is, you know, hanging from something else, then you yep. need somebody in a van. You need the person in the van. The Simon Pegg. The Simon Pegg. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, who's the Australian Simon who's Pegg? Who's the Australian Simon <laughs> there Pegg? There is no one. Oh, Shane Jacobs. The guy from Kenny. Uh, Kenny. Kenny, yep, done. He's oh, got he's got some international cachet. He he Kenny, Kenny was a very well-received well, uh, movie. Yeah, that's right. He made yeah, yeah. a few dollars here and there. He was also the host of Top Gear Australia for a while. So that's true. Yeah, there you go. He's he got... does that one with like the kids. Or is it, you know, kids do the darndest thing or whatever it is. Sure. He did that. Oh, God. We need to save him as well. Yeah. Uh, brilliant. I think that's our full cast. So there's really only one thing left to do, and that's to give this amazing film a name. So, I mean, we're already sort of halfway there in terms yes. of calling it Wombat, Wombat Barnes, Barnes, but we need a and the, I think. Because yep. I think having and the really puts it into that sort of Harry Potter mindset where you've got Ooh, a right. kid's uh, adventure kind of thing going. So we talked about at the start that we do the film and then do our own trailer. Yeah. So is there anything different we're doing in the trailer to make it seem like, ooh, different from this? If you wanted this? to be like Indiana oh, Jones, you could do, you know, Wombat Barnes and the cave of the cryptocurrency. Uh, yes. Or the cave of we the... just write a cave into it. The cave of... <laughs> yeah. Maybe that's where, like, the cryptocurrency was Secret discovered. Headquarters in, a in a cave. Yeah. So maybe the cryptocurrency so, uh, isn't actually a digital currency, but it's like an ancient Mayan or Australian relic. Yeah, that's the thing. Mm. Everyone, Everyone's assuming the Van Buren boys are, are pretending as though it's a digital currency. Yeah. It's when a real we, currency. When it's when a, actually, it's a, it's yeah. a real... Um, ancient, ancient yeah, Australian ancient currency. indigenous um, Australian uh, trading system. That, and that, that's another twist that comes at the end. It's exactly. Like, oh. Well, that's what the trailer will be about. The trailer will be about the discovery of the cryptocurrency, 
and the film will kind of just be a sequel to the trailer. Yeah, the, the, it's a teaser in the sense that the trailer is actually a prequel. Yes. Yeah, that's that's a, so I, a little I, five minute prequel. Yeah, two minute prequel. That's, that's actually a really good idea. And so it's all about Barnes at the end. You go, oh, what's that? Is oh, it? And is it the in the cave of the cryptocurrency or in the crypto yeah. cave or the cave of the cryptocurrency? Yeah. Okay, one about balance in the cave of the <laughs> cryptocurrency um, has been birthed into the green room, into green light, That's and uh, it green. is green lit. Yes. Um, we'll get our uh, production team working on it. Mm. I think this is all hands on deck. Oh, for sure. Uh, for this yeah. one, lawyers checking loopholes yep. for getting those Australian yep. tax breaks. Yep. Uh, workshop digital, workshop yeah, practical. Yeah. Um, we might have to get our hands dirty on this one, I think, and actually jump down into uh, the, the workshop and get some uh, help done on the animatronic. Exactly. We, I mean, Hemsworth. we need... We need um, uh, cell animators and animal wranglers, which yeah. uh, we haven't had to bring in yeah. much before. Dude, we're excited to to get our hands on Wombat Barnes. It's a a, a much beloved property. Exactly, I have such yep. fond Mike, memories it's of time. it. It's, time. it's really the I reason. I remember my great great granddad telling yeah. me about reading the comic strip. I remember yeah. my great yep. granddad telling me Those about worth lot, watching you know? the TV series. Yeah. I remember my great great grandma telling me about the uh, the stage play Wombat Barnes <laughs> that had limited run on mm. Sydney's version of. Broadway, whatever that happens to <laughs> and be. I think about taking it to the West End, but yeah. they couldn't fit the sets on the boat. Yeah. So, um, and then uh, obviously the my uh, my parents, uh, I think, even met in line to one of the original Wombat Barnes oh, films. Oh, that's sweet. Uh, and so, th- I mean, this this intellectual property means quite a lot to me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and my family. Mm. And um, it just, I mean, it it's makes me incredibly excited that uh, we're going to make a butt ton of money out of it. If, so, if, yeah. if I was still able to cry, there would be a tear running down <laughs> my face right now. But I've had it surgically removed. Um, I think that's a wrap, ladies and gentlemen. I think that is indeed. Uh, any housekeeping uh, this week, AJ? Uh, always housekeeping. Uh, moviefilmstudios.net is our website where you can find all of our previous episodes, some bios of us, and soon a page listing all the films. Well, actually, a page, a portal to Mephuzawadudu. No, I've Mephuzawadudu. Um Where you can find yeah. all of our films. So you've been working hard. There's a bit of a reskin if you want to have a, a yes. look there. Um, it's uh, yeah, new, a little new bit and improved. Yes. Uh, I think we're classifying things as season one and season two and mm-hmm. specials. It makes it much easier to find. And then mm-hmm. you obviously uh, eventually want to get movie posters up for all of our um, uh, new and original yes. intellectual properties. So yep. uh, we'll be generating some of that. If you guys want to spend some time in Photoshop, putting something together as well, with a, well as we That'd said, be we'll be yeah. up there as well. Yep, yep. We'll credit you at some point. Uh, we have a Facebook page, um, uh, Movie Film Studios on Facebook. Uh, join the rest of the community there. Try and guess what uh, the next film yeah. is. We emoji put clues, clues up, every emoji week. Clues. Um, I believe uh, someone called Dave has been guessing uh, quite a few of them correctly. <laughs> Is he any any relation to you, Dave? It's a very common name. Okay, fair enough. Very uh, common name. We're on Twitter as well. We are at Movie Film Studio. I'm in negotiations with Twitter to buy the S, but they're being very, very stubborn. Um, we are on iTunes. We're on the place where you find podcasts on Android. I should really figure that out one day where you actually get them from. Um, and uh, yeah. Have a listen, have a like, give us a rating, give us a review. We'll read them out for you. Hey, that rhymed. I suppose that all all that remains is to uh, thank you all for listening this week. I've been Isaac. I've been Dave. And I've been AJ. Roll credits. Roll credits.